$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast on a Saturday night of all things. I mean, I was trying to work out, Tom, I've been doing this show for nine years now. I'm not sure if I've ever done a show on a Saturday night. Just I don't don't... I, no, I don't think I've done one. No, because I mean, no. we, it's, it's not a day. We'll talk about Friday night games. It's me and Tom on today, by the way. Um, <laughs> guys, uh, we, we got hit... But, a little bit of a reveal behind the curtains. Um, there was supposed to be about four of us on, and within the last hour and a half, a couple of people have had to drop out, unfortunately, um, through uh, a bit of seasonal uh, flu. So we wish them well, but me and Tom are going to crack on because we're really keen to talk about yesterday's game. Have a look at the March fixtures coming up because I think it's not quite a make or break month for us because I think April's where it's going to get silly season, but I think as the fixtures the last couple of weeks have shown, a lot still changing. Um, and also I have a quick look at Liverpool as well. So, Tom, my question to you first and foremost, what are your thoughts on Friday night games? Because it can make and break a weekend, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. It genuinely dictates if I'm going to watch any football over the weekend or not. Mm. So if we lose, I don't want anything to do with football for the rest of the weekend. It takes me a weekend to get over it. I don't like, I don't like watching football if Wolves have lost because it reminds me that Wolves have lost. It's really, it's really sad, um, but it's just fact. I know it's Stu's the opposite, isn't it? I think he's like, uh, it's like a hangover. He likes to drink through it, you know. So he'll just watch every game he can just to try and filter out all the shite of the walls. I was gonna say I don't like almost that uh, BDSM level of like self torture after it. To be <laughs> yeah. honest, like, but you're all right. Let's say I think literally because you go from like Friday night and you see it's like oh, it all goes against. Oh, I don't don't care. Was it Leeds last season we played on a Friday night? I think when we lost, um, when Jimenez got sent off, I've got a feeling in my head that was on a Friday night and it just kills any joy of doing anything. But I guess last night's result, I know, because it's a draw, I was a bit teetering in terms of whether I'm going to let it ruin my weekend or, you know, let it ride on a high. So I've, I've watched, I've I say I've watched the football today. Um, obviously, I can't legally watch the three o'clock kickoff games, so um, <laughs> can't say anything about that. But you know, at least seeing the uh, bits of Bournemouth and catching some of the um, uh, Liverpool game as well, which is currently happening. Although that's not been a amazing watch, I'm not going to lie. Um, has kind of just about kept my enthusiasm up. Um, but let's talk last night then. Um, so, for anyone who's been living under a rock, Wolves drew 1-1 away to Fulham. Um, it, I don't know, like, on paper, when you look at the league table prior to the game, it, it felt a bit weird for me because I guess it was start of the season, maybe, or 18 months ago or whatever. You'd sort of expect us to be in the opposite end of the table um, in terms of where, you know, Liverpool are so where Fulham are, you know, I think they're eight from kicked off yesterday. And 
you know, you had us in 15th, but, you know, Fulham have done, done the business this season. So, I know, it was a weird, it was a weird kind of mentality going into it because I'm not used to Fulham being good. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I was a bit, I, I was apprehensive about the game because purely because Fulham, are, they're having a good season. Purely if you look at the league table, you think, you know, in a way game against, uh, they might have been higher than eighth, I might be wrong, I don't know if they were sixth or, or maybe seventh or something like that anyway. But then I saw the teams come out and then you're looking at the teams on paper and I genuinely, in my head, I was like, hang on, what am I, what am I worried about here? If you look at the actual 11s on paper, I know I football, football's not played on, football's not played on paper, but if you look at, Though that eleven, on you know, for uh, for the audio listeners, it's just come on screen now. Um, there are not many players I would take out of that Fulham eleven to put in that Wolves eleven to make it better. You know, especially without Mitrovic. I mean, he's not. You know, Mitrovic is okay. Um, it did definitely get in our team as a, as a number nine currently. You'd say Polina. Um, I quite like their fullbacks, although especially last night, I don't think we've got much to complain about with our fullbacks, but. Is that it, really? I, I couldn't really, you know, Pereira on his day is all right. William obviously was decent, but I don't think he'd swap. Polina would walk into our team, but other than that, I can't see any 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 major players I'd have in our in our eleven. So I felt better as soon as I saw the lineups. Yeah, I think it. What what it shows to me with Fulham is that they are, they're obviously a really well drilled, organised team, and yeah, you know. I was gonna say like how bad a lot of teams are in the Premier this season, at least defensively. That like you look at that lineup, and I, I completely agree, Tom. Like that, that isn't that isn't like a standout team on paper. That's and I guess with no disrespect, that's not like a top six, you know, top te- top eight team. But yeah. actually, you can see like there's a there's a bloody good spine in that team of like strong players, you know, from Leno. Reams having a fantastic season. You've seen Polina and um, Andreas Pereira, two really solid players. And on this day, Mitro, that, that's, that is a chunky spine with, uh, I guess, kind of good championship kind of surrounding it. So I, I, I kind of thought the same because I've not watched a lot of Fulham this season, um, but, but they're kind of steadily going about their work. And to be fair, even when I saw the Wolves lineup, um, obviously Lamina coming backs, you know, w- was the biggie, but also Jimenez up front as well, because I guess they were like the two things that were missing against um, against Bournemouth. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think um, you know, everyone's got their opinions on Raul, and he, and he hasn't been good this season. He hasn't been good for, since his injury, unfortunately. However, you know, I think it was time to to give one of the centre forwards a, a run out and and see Cunha just just playing off them. Um, rather than him being the focal point, and I think it definitely, definitely made a difference in the in the first half. Um, I think it it linked the play so much better between the you know the midfield and the forwards, which I think was lacking a little bit against Bournemouth. Um, so so yeah, well, I wasn't against it. Okay, granted, I still think it's a position that we drastically need to improve, but but I think the system worked a lot better um, purely because we had a proper centre forward up there. Yeah, we it, it looks so much more cohesive than it did against Bournemouth. I think that was a telling thing for me, and it almost felt like we we really rattled Fulham, and I don't quite know why, considering the form that they were in. But you know, particularly in that first half, we did just look like the Wolves of old. And um, I mean, even before the first goal, we we had chances. You know, Srabia, um has a chance even before. You know he scores, so de- definitely having like a number nine helped it helped for me. And I think, um, yeah, we we could talk about him and his, I guess, in general. But apart from his touch being a bit wayward, which is almost just a given at this point, I thought he had a pretty solid game as well. Yeah, I think so. That's probably the best he's played for. I don't know. Well, it's probably the best he's played this season. Um, yeah, he didn't. There's that header in the second half, didn't he? He was very, he was, he was very, very close with, and it was nice to see him getting his head on a few things. Really, um, mm. you know, that's that is the the Jimenez of old, putting his body about, um, getting knockdowns, um, bringing other people into play. Um, so yeah, I think it was. I think Raul, Raul, you know, definitely did did make a difference, and and individually played a lot well, and he did he did chase around, he pressed very high. Um, 
as they all did. And we we completely, completely outplayed them. I haven't seen us dominate a team like that with the ball for, again, a while. Um, you know, even since Lopetegui's been in, I'd probably say probably that's most almost dominant half. You could argue maybe against Villa. I said to a mate I was watching it with at the time, it very much reminded me of the, the Villa game and ultimately it was mm. um, it was similar in in more than that way as well um, with the result in the second half lagging a little bit. Um, but yeah, dominant. And then, you know, even Carragher, you're saying on there that, you know, that we were absolutely outplaying him. It should have been at least 1-0, you know, maybe even more than that, you know, at half-time. Yeah, I think it, it was it's so strange because especially like that Liverpool results almost, I think it can mask things in a way because it was such an amazing performance and atmosphere and everything. And like we seized upon opportunities, whereas we were so dominant, we say in possession that it, I don't know, it, it, it kind of gave me a bit more belief that we can assert ourselves on team rather than be a bit of a reactive outfit and kind of scrape through things. Um, and, and to do it against, you know, a, a really solid Fulham side, I think it is, is a lot of testament. And, you know, I think it, it shows in the goal in terms of how that goal comes about as well, because you could argue it's kind of on a counter-attack, but the amount of movement for that goal, bloody hell. Like, you know, I love a training, training ground goal. I yeah. love it. And, Everything about that goal, it it it's all done on the training ground for me. Like you know how how you know essentially it eventually comes out to you know a a great work from Hinamos to start with, yeah, and then to be able to get it back out to eventually come out to Nunes or Mateus and then curling the ball back. Initially, I thought the defender won the header. At the back post, and it wasn't actually a knockdown from Jimenez. But yeah, it was perfect. Just just went over his head, didn't it? It just just yeah. perfectly just just leaps over, um, and a cracking knockback um, mm. by uh, by Raul. I actually think Sarabi's first touch is quite poor, actually, and I think yeah. it sort of helped. <laughs> it helped with the goal because um, it drew the defender out, and ultimately then it gave him a bit. You know, once he beat him, it, it unsighted Leno, and, and and that was it really. So. Um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. And just what we deserved. But we're getting men into the box, mm, finally. Yeah. Finally. It's amazing. Mm. It makes such a difference. Actually, get men in the box and you might score a goal. You know, I know. Thought. Exactly. And you know, even when Mateus like, gets the ball, um, you know, when he whips it in, you've already got... What? You've already got Kuna in there. You've got him and his involved, obviously. You've got Sarabia. And you've also got Neves. And I think that was the thing that I really enjoyed about the goal because clearly it's something they worked on because when Jimenez heads it back, you've got Sarabia and they're like five yards behind him. You've got Neves about to run onto it. So if Sarabia's not got himself in the right position, you've actually got one of your midfielders coming in as well and supporting. And that goal, we don't score that six months ago. No. But no politely, like, you know, just see a scoring button to Steve Davis. No. <laughs> you'd have you'd have Raul if he's lucky, you know, you'd have Raul and the but and he'd be nodding it down to no one. He'd be nodding yeah. it down to a defender's foot and it'd be cleared. It's just it's or just be percentages, trying... isn't it? Just... Yeah. Yeah. Or he'd be trying to go for goal himself from like a obscene yeah. angle and getting yeah. it all wrong. And he say like that the I was gonna say it almost sounds like Allardyce esque, doesn't it? Um, when you say oh it's percentage football but it's not it, it, it is just like having that belief and that bravery to I don't know get a few like if you really technical players a bit further forward and like look how much Nevis games pushed on yet again just having you know a bit more freedom to go forward it breaks the box he breaks yeah. the box he had that header didn't he I think I mean I yeah. think it was overly yeah. close but you know the Ruben Nevis header 10 yards out that's just unheard of and it, it, it's it's noticeable how since Lamine has come in, it it isn't always Neves taking the ball from the centre halves. It's mm. off, it, it can be Lamina as well, so they're very sort of flexible on that. They, I think they've got the double double pivot, don't they? So they can, um, you know, that it's just a bit more fluid in there. You know, it's not so predictable. Um, it's what we often, you know, had of, of Neves taking it off the defender's toes and then and then moving from there. It's just nice to have another body that can that can do the same. 
the same job and the same work and it just it just makes the the game flow better the the, the possession being so much more um assertive if you want if i wanted a better phrase so um yeah i was really really impressed with the, with the first half and it's it's, it's unfortunate really we weren't because i think we deserve to be more than a goal up and i think it's just unfortunate that we that we couldn't quite capitalize any more on on the dominance that we showed yeah it's a real shame because i know fulham um you know in my slightly unbiased head ha- did have some chances but i don't know at, at the same time particularly those first half chances seemed very i don't know just fairly standard we didn't seem sort of particularly you know troubled by them or anything it we seem to really hold our own for for a lot of the time, and it it was a bit, I guess, frustrating. You know, the further you look back on it and go, a good side manages that game out. If you wolves, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, I think it it's it's one of those. It's like it's hard to be critical because it was just such a good goal. Mm. The equaliser was just so good. You know, he's just. You know, he's put postage stamped it from from twenty five yards, and there was there's a little bits and pieces I think that could have been done better with it. But other than that, they had the Vinicius head at, at the end, but I can't really think of any other chances no. that that they had. I think generally we did pretty well. I think a, a team that's just on on the crest of a wave, you know, I think probably does they probably do see that game out before you know, and it's just a, the position that we're in. It's amazing how often things just don't quite. Just don't quite run for you, you know. Whether it be, you know, refereeing decisions that we've seen in the past, or or um, just little bits and pieces of luck around the, either box. Um, but definitely reason to be to be optimistic. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, if we talk about the equaliser for a second, I mean, I, I've watched it back about six, seven times now, trying to work out. It's like, well, you know, is that something you can do anything about? And I know I think it's always frustrating when you get the you know an inverted winger who cuts inside because you can't know what he's going to do as a defender and a fullback. You're sort of always taught to you know show them onto you know either inside or outside and stuff like that. But it happens so quickly and as soon as he gets that half yard of space, and it's like he bends it in the bottom corner. It's a it's a sublime finish. Yeah, um, he looks a player. He does. I, I think it, I looked at the one thing I always do is um, when the teams are out, I, I just have a look at the uh, opposing Twitter's feed and just see the comments, just so you know how the you know how they're mm. feeling and the everything was like you know what's um, what Solomon got to do to get a start. You know, it was like pretty much every comment was was that, and then when he came on. Within about three or four minutes, you could tell yeah. you something about him, and uh, yeah, I just I, again for pretty much the rest of that game, I just wanted the ball to stay away from him because I thought he was the only one who was going to cause us any any issue. And like you say, you can watch it back and you can you can nitpick. You know, maybe we didn't get out to him quick enough. Arguably, um, maybe we showed him too much on the inside. I think Lamina, it's a bit of a weird. I don't, we, I'd say attempts at block. He just sort of sticks his arse out. It's a bit, it's a bit bizarre. Mm. Really, side on, and he sort of sticks his arse out. But you know, you can't really, you can't lose life. It's just, it's just a really good goal. And I know there's a, there's a, there's a question in, in Twitter corner later. You know, so I'm not going to jump ahead of that. But um, you know, it's just unfortunate that we're on the receiving end of it, and, and we don't get many of those ourselves. Um, no, exactly. Frustrating. Exactly. Um, a couple of players I did want to speak about. I know we spoke about. Him as briefly, but we're talking about his strike partner, uh, Mateus Kuna, because uh, he, he went off injured, um, unfortunately, and seems to be a bit of a nasty one as far as we can tell. Um, it do, I say, like, when you see sort of a photo of it, it doesn't look particularly great in terms of him rolling it over. Um, you know, I think it's still kind of to be confirmed what the severity is, but he definitely looked better having. St- another striker up with him and not being that number nine himself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He, I, I, he wasn't, it's, it's like he didn't do anything brilliant. He, he wasn't brilliant, but I think it says a lot that when he went off, that's when we lost control of the game. Yeah. He was the link between the midfield and, and Jimenez. 
Um, he picked up the you know the the knockdowns, um, or he was driving forward the ball nicely, you know, from from, from midfield. Uh, so again, whether it's an individual, you know, not really down to individual brilliance of performance, you know, I wouldn't say it was any better than like a seven out of ten or whatever. Um, but he, the, the way he played, made us, you know, tick. It made us play a lot better. And when the sub, uh, the subs didn't do anything for us again. Unfortunately, I think that's two games in a row really that I, I don't think it was the right sub because it's not a like for like that. You know, Dharma for Cunha is just not the same sub. Um, the, the the players that we did bring on for me, they they played, they played way too wide. The, the the how white works so well in the first half in my opinion is because the, the they play quite narrow the two wide men so you know sort of Sarabi if you call um Cunha a wide man or just behind Raul that they were they were narrow and they let the fullbacks do the width whereas in the second half I think Adama and, and when Pedence came on they were just they were just too wide and there was no link um it's you know it, it subdued our fullbacks generally and. And they didn't see many link up between the two, so I think it did make a big, big difference when when Kenya went off, and I think Lopetegui referenced that as well in his, mm. his post match. Um, so yeah. let's hope he's not out for too long, because I think he, you know if we want to play that system going forward, I think he's going to be key. I'd made a note about the subs as well because I think one of the things that a lot of people, including myself, has praised Lopetegui since he's coming in is impact with subs, and it does feel like two, you know, two games in a row is just not quite span the way he wanted to and I'd, I'd come to a similar conclusion with you about the subs not working because of being inside but more of a defensive point of view because you know we talked about that Fulham lineup and for me that it's that midfield trio who are you know who, who you can't need to immobilize and just to squeeze and get a little bit more condensed and having because Nunes plays almost as just a wide left midfielder yeah and not, but actually having it all kind of condensed that little bit more, you know, giving Hugo Bueno just license to how you know he doesn't play left back; he plays on the left flank, and you know, that just suits some of his ability down down to the ground. But as soon as you can't put things in front of him, it makes his job harder. It opens up the space for you know quite a physical midfield. For Fulham, you know, you say like, look at Polinia. You, you can see why his tackling's through the roof. And on a different day, I think I could argue she might have been sending off. Yeah, I said the same. I was screaming for it on that tackle. That, yeah, that one. It was just. I don't know if it was a bit of smart play from Ferreira because it was just before he went straight through um, Sarabia. Hmm. So I don't know if that was to sort of take the heat off the, uh, you know, the Polinia one. Because he had a couple of late ones, um, yeah. and and I mean they referenced it. I think Carragher referenced it first half, like he's got to be careful. And then he had two more, I think, in the second. And I think if it made a bit of a meal of the, the second one, maybe who knows? But they're all his mate, aren't they? So they're not going to yeah throw, the, throw their arms for that one. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got two players who played with him last <laughs> season. You've got international teammates everywhere on the pitch, so. They weren't going to shit out him, unfortunately, which uh, no. is what they usually like to do. But it just, uh, it's just unfortunate it, it was, uh, it was him. But yeah, I think, yeah, maybe a fifty-fifty-one. But I was, I was screaming for it when he went in for that one tackle, and he was like, I, th- I kind of think if that game is at Molyneux compared mm-hmm. to being, you know, I think if you were the away side, that's a lot harder to get away with. But you say it. When you're the team in ascendancy, you get the rub of the green on ones like that. And I mean, if you, you, got, you say, compare that to Lamina's double booking at Southampton, oh, I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? That's where the, the inconsistency is. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so frustrating when you say when you look at it like that. It's like I don't know. It's, it wasn't what made or break. You know, the reason why Wolves didn't win that game wasn't because Polina didn't get a, a red card or anything. But it's it's still. It's still frustrating. Um, but it did nearly go horribly wrong for Wolves right at the end. Um, with that um, Vinicius yeah. chance. And again, someone who's come to a lot of criticism, um, but seems to be picking the form Jose Sar with a, with a big save. 
yeah, it's yeah. an important save. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I think if that's Mitrovic, that's two one, and that's and, and we've yeah. lost that game. I think you know he's get he gets up really well, finishes. To be fair, just doesn't quite put it in the corner, not quite with enough power. So it's is a is a decent save. I was, I'd expect him to make it. Um, yeah, it's important, you know, it's you know, 90 second minutes, so we're not going to take anything away I, from him. Not going to lie, when I saw it in real time with, you know, mass hype hysteria, in my head it was Gordon Banks in the 1970 <laughs> World Cup levels. Yeah. And then, and then in the cold light of day on a very cold Saturday morning watching back, it's like, it's a, it's a good save. Don't, don't, not take yeah. anything away from Saar. But considering what a leap he gets, because like he, his leap's so strong, it basically stops Dawson yeah. from getting... He just can't get up at all. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Frust- frustrating um, that we couldn't get anything more out of it. But I guess at the same side, Fulham might argue that, you know, if they had chances like that as well. Whereas, you know, Jimenez has a great header, um, which I think he's slightly unlucky with. Great contact with it. One he kind of flashes just wide from about ten yards out or whatever. Um, but we had a couple, we had a couple of overloads in the second half, and we really balls it up. Um, yeah. I remember Pedence was awful when he came on. I'm, you know, he's he's very hot and cold for me. I go through phases of a bit of a love hate relationship with Pedence, um, but he was pretty dire when he came on, and he he messed up a couple of counters that we had. Um, I remember one, I think it was three on two, uh, breaks him in the centre. He's placed like a really weak pass that, that gets intercepted. And then I remember um, that Lamina run was in the last, I, mean, I think it was injury time, absolutely fantastic. Just driving, he drove it from about, I don't know, 25 yards out from our goal through a body about, I don't know, three, three, four Fulham players, pretty much right to the edge of the box. I think he slips in Costa and he sort of, dallies and doesn't really do anything with it which was which was frustrating so uh a point yeah it's probably probably a fair result i think we probably were slightly the better team over the 90 minutes just purely for that first half um i think silver probably annoyingly deserves a little bit of credit i think he just they just decided to bully us a bit in the second half because we were just completely outplaying them and like you said they sort of got in our faces a little bit and they they turned it into a really scrappy, niggly affair. I remember that one point in the, the second half when I think we had three men down injured, three men yeah. down injured in the yeah. physio. Didn't know what the hell to do? Who to go to first? I think Cunha was one of them. Um, so yeah, I think they just they just tried to, to fight us with a bit of sort of shithousery, really, and it, and it did probably swing the, swing the game a little bit in in their favour. And I, I think yeah, if anyone was going to win it. It probably was going to be them in the last sort of five minutes. So I was quite happy when the final whistle went. I think if we play like that, the rest of the, I went into the, after that game thinking we're going to be fine because yeah. you don't you don't you know dominate a team like that in that sort of position if you're not a half decent team and it, we look like a good solid Premier League side playing well. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing like it was at the start of the season when we were clinging when we were getting wins. Mm. They were clingy you know, sort of scraped wins, whereas now we look a lot more proficient and and better in so many areas of the pitch that, that we're going to be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and it definitely felt like a response to Bournemouth as well. Yeah. You know, because that, that... It wasn't a terrible performance, but it was below below standard for me. Like, it wasn't calamitous or whatever. Yeah, still, yeah. That we're, it just We just didn't have that cutting edge. And... We at least showed that we've got that in our locker. It's just a question of, you know, can we consistently do that more than once in a game as well? Because like that Sarabia, Sarabia goal, fantastic, brilliant. But we kind of need to see them do that multiple times because if we can't just rely on those that one goal, which statistically we usually are as well. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like that, that that'll be Michael Break. You're absolutely right. Yeah. If we can get enough, if we can get enough goals, we look we look more sure at the back. And yeah, you you're probably right. We probably would have a lot more points in the bank if we if we could turn our dominance into in, into yeah. more goals. You could say the Villa Villa we were 
probably deserve to be at least 2-0 up at half-time. Mm. Maybe more than that. Same with Fulham. Bournemouth in the first half. I mean, we absolutely pissed all over them in the first half and we didn't really create anything of note. So, it'll, it'll our season will be defined by, you know, getting the goals when we're, when we're on top. And I say goals, not <laughs> as in more than yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and because another reason, you know, there's a stat that flashed up during the game as well. I mean, Fulham have scored 11 set-piece goals this season. Mm. Um, and we scored two or something like that, I, th- I think. Um, mm. And one of those was, you know, arguably, you know, sort of against, against Liverpool quite recently. So, um, these things make little, in the Premier League, every little diff- every little thing makes a massive difference and it's ultimately to points tallies because, um, you know, often there's just a, one or two goals in it in a game like that. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's massive, massive improvement that we've that we've made under under Lopetegui, and the, you know, a few little bits and pieces more, and I, I think we'll, we'll see us fine. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree. Like, I don't think, not say completely out of the woods or anything no. like that, because I'm still a little bit <laughs> anxious about what's what's behind us, but. Yeah. When you see how assured we were in those games, and like it's just sort of alluded to in terms of those starting lineups, if eight of those players in that Wolves lineup show up, then we have a chance against any team. Problem is, for a lot of this season, about two, three have been showing up for <laughs> yeah. it, and yeah. we can just it, like you, know, you can just about cope. I think if we don't have a good striker, which we don't. Because, I, you know, it's either Costa or it's Jimenez, of which Costa is here. He, you know, he is present, but not here. And Jimenez is, is the same. Will, between them, they get five goals between now and the end of May. Not. We've got this big fat zero so far. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's it's bonkers. But so long as, in my opinion, Kuna or Podence slash Sarabia, even Triore somehow, and that midfield are firing on all cylinders, then we've still got a chance to say almost win by the percentages. But. I know, I think a lot's going to come down to Lopetegui in terms of how he wants to set up teams. And it feels like he's going to sort of switch it depending on the opponent as well and how he wants to use Traore, who at the very least he seems to have got the trust and love of, which yeah, I think is such a big thing for Traore in terms of in, I don't know, feeling empowered. And, you know, you sort of see it, you can see the visible points where his head's drop when Troy's head drops and yeah. he doesn't seem to quite do that as much under Lopetegui so far. Maybe it's because he knows he's got what four months left of a contract and he's you know feeling a bit free. I don't know. But um we'll see. Um but we talk about um you know being fine. There's only four games happening next month which I kind of find a bit bonkers. Um, it's because of the international breaks and, and, and things like that. But um, essentially, we've got four games coming up in March. We've got Liverpool on Wednesday, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Uh, we've then got little, little Spurs, I was going to say, essentially next weekend now, which is crazy. Then Newcastle, then Leeds. And part of me, I think it kind of depends on you, you know, your optimist pessimist hat, doesn't it? Where you go, don't see us, that's a tough one of fixtures, don't see us getting anything from that. Or, I don't know, I think you asked me like two months ago at that slot, I'd have gone, yeah, we're, we're screwed. But now yeah. I go, Leeds, I think we've got a healthy chance, more than a healthy chance against them. That definitely needs to be a win. Liverpool, so we'll talk about in a bit, but we've shown what we can do against Liverpool. Spurs are Spurs. And it can literally be a toss of a coin with yeah. Spurs sometimes. Yeah. And Newcastle start, I think, have potentially hit that peak and are now trying to define the second half or second final third of their season as well. So I think it's four really interesting fixtures we've got coming up. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I will be disappointed if we don't win one of our next two games because I think we can turn one of those over. Like you say, with Spurs, you just don't know what Spurs is going to turn up, but I'm quietly confident in that game. I don't know, I've just got a feeling. It seems like almost like the Liverpool game, really, where they're going to be there to be got at. Um, but yeah, if, if, they, if they play to the maximum, then then yeah, we're, we're in for a rough ride. But I think we've got enough to get about them. I really do. Uh, Liverpool, I mean, I don't know if we know what the result is now. I don't know if someone it in the comments was the Last time I, it's, I believe, if I quickly look behind my screen, if anyone uh, watching live on YouTube can give us a live <laughs> one as opposed to me umming and eyeing through it, I think it's still nil nil. Um, right. About a minute left of added time to play. So, well, Jota's got. I think Jota's got minutes, so he's primed to score against oh, us on, on Wednesday. Yeah. So that's that's a given. Yeah, uh, but again, yeah, you wouldn't. You know, Anfield last. You know, the the, the FA Cup when we played second string, they played their first, and we we won that game. Let's face it. You know, by legal goals, we we did win that game. Um, and then uh, they go just finish nil nil. Thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, so so that's not, you know, it's not a free hit or anything like that. We need to go into that game with the belief that we can really do something. So I, 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 I'd be aiming for at least three points out of the next two. Um, Newcastle away will be tough. But, you know, I'll take our classic one all against them. I, I, I'd take that now if you offered it to me. And then you're absolutely right. We've um, we need to be beating Leeds at home. Um, so I mean, if we got if we got seven out of the next four, I'd be absolutely delighted. Or, I'd take six, maybe even five. But um, I don't think we've got anything to fear. It's at that stage now, like, you know, as a classic Wolves fan, where I think we're just as likely to get a win against Liverpool away as we are to get a win against Leeds at home. It's just oh, yeah. Wolves it, all over. F- fully in my head, I can see us beating Newcastle but losing to Leeds. Yeah. yeah. And it being eternally frustrating just, just because you sort of need to beat Leeds to get point separation. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's like Bournemouth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's that silly stage of the season. It's like, well, actually, yeah, it's all well and good beating this team, but actually you need to beat this team. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident, which feels a bit weird because so much of the season we weren't, but I've at least got faith in Lopetegui for... You know, he, he seems to have had Klopp's card um, a, a lot recently. So I think it is going to be a really interesting ding-dong on uh, Wednesday night. Um, but, it, you know, even if you say against the likes of Spurs and Newcastle, and I find Newcastle a funny old one time because when we played them right at the start of the season and Wang gifts them... I say, that sounds really bad. I was going to say, Wang gifted from a goal. He I still think um, Alexander Masterman still had an awful lot to yeah, do. He, did, he didn't help it. matters. He just, nah, yeah. Just, just a nice <laughs> assist, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a good assist yeah, um, and, a, yeah. and a good goal. But I don't think Newcastle were amazing against us, were they? No, I watched. I missed that game. I was in. I was up north. I was in the Lake District at the time, and I watched it in a pub um, with new, a load of Newcastle fans, which is annoying enough. Yeah. Um, we had that goal disallowed, didn't we, to make it two um, for that net so push, and it probably was. But at that point, I was watching it with them, and they didn't think they were going to score basically. Mm. Um, and I think we generally we we were holding out pretty well, and then obviously yeah, it takes one cock up when you one nil up, and that's um, and that's curtains, and and they could have won it at the end if I remember rightly. I think Trippier had a free kick like last minute, yeah, um, which I was expecting to to hit the net. I actually left the pub at that point because I thought I'm not going to be in here if it all goes, <laughs> if it all goes <laughs> off for these Newcastle fans. I'm leaving, um, so I watched it on my on my phone when I was outside <laughs> instead, save myself any embarrassment. Um, I was going to say you're bra- you're brave relying on Lake District. Um, yeah, 4G. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not too shabby, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it was awful a few years ago. It's not too bad. I was going to say, I, I, I stayed in Ambleside about two weeks after you, and it was like parts of it. You say, in the town centre, 4G, everything fine. We went to the property, which was a mile and a half just outside. E. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's just what you might just about get a text message. Yeah, and it meant like even just for Wi-Fi was just so slow. Yeah, so I'll get back in time. It it, it 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 really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't envy you. Try say try and watch on your phone outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking at the table phone, it, it's looking all right. I, I was going to say as of time of recording. Now, again, peek behind the curtains for anyone watching live on YouTube or watching back on YouTube. Um, the lead table I've pulled up. Um, I did about about half eight quarters and i did it about at half time so somehow because it has stayed nil nil in the right. palace game this is actually an up-to-date table um nice. so it's got palace um only three points ahead of us but we are very much in that middle middle of the bottom half being 15th and a win would have made life a lot nicer i think um because yeah. of just some of the results that went our way, you know, don't don't get me wrong, it's great for us to get pumped, but then it's meant West Ham are now clawing themselves back out. Again, it's great to see Southampton lose because, you know, it, it's one less place, especially after their win uh, last week. But then it's meant Leeds have then clawed a little bit up the, um, the slippery ladder as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep your eye on Forest. They're not a good side at all. I haven't. I've watched them this season. I've not seen them play well. I'm not just saying that. I haven't really seen them play well this season. They were half decent against Chelsea, I think, when I watched them. But I know it's all these spots and maybes. But if they didn't fluke that result against City, and it was a fluke, um, they'd be below us now. Hmm. Um, so I really don't think they're they're out of it. Um, Palace. I, I don't think Palace or uh, if you you know for again for your audio listeners you know you, Palace are in twelfth on twenty seven points, um, and then it's Villa on thirty one. Obviously Villa Villa are out of it, but anyone from Palace could get dragged in. I don't think Palace will. Leicester are too good to go down. I still don't think West Ham are going to be in the mix come come the end of the season. I think they've got too much about them. So, um, yeah, I think I think Forest will get dragged down there, and then. You'd like to hope it's that it's that bottom three that's in there now, really. Southampton, Bournemouth, and and Everton. It's a bad result for Everton that was today. Yeah. I think, if I remember rightly, they've got Arsenal away next as well. So there's really some opportunity there to to put to pull away if we, from them. I know our games aren't the easiest, but we've we've got an opportunity there. Um, and ultimately, it's about being better than three teams, and, and I think we're I think we are. I think healthy. I think the first one's a great, um, a great one to pick out because I was trying to like. Fit. I think they they did get a hammering off Man City earlier this season six 0 but that's a heavy goal difference. Yeah, because he's forty forty two goals yeah. this season, and they've got no centre halves for. Yeah. Well, they've got two centre halves that are relying on now for the next three months. I think so. Um, and like I say, they're not a good size. So I, I really don't. Th- I think they'll be in the mix come the end of it. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I'm just, as I say, I haven't been overly impressed with them. We've got to play them away, and that's a game that I'll be targeting three points big time. Mm. I know, like, I don't know where, if it's super cliched or anything, but it does sort of feel like for um, Forest, like every game's a cup match. Yeah. In terms of how they just play and what they kind of get out of it, uh, for me. But you're right, I do sort of see it being one of those, three out of those bottom four at the moment. And I'd be kind of surprised at this point is not those bottom three of Everton, Bournemouth, Southampton at the moment. And then I think it will catch up with Forest next season, potentially. Yeah, but but, I think it's just it's just good to have as many teams in it as possible at this stage, I think. Um, just, just, just be above... You know, sort of the upper the upper half of the of the teams that are in the mix really keep your head above water. Um, but you've got to get out. You know, you, you don't want to be relying on points out of the last few games because it's a silly season at that point in time. You know, any, anything happens come the end of the season. And I don't think our fixtures are great come the end of the year either. I think we've got no. United away and Arsenal away two out of the last three, I think. Yeah. So you don't want so, to be relying on results come, come then. No, not really. I think that's why I think Particularly eight. I mean, April's a very fixture-heavy month. 
but I think if we can, you know, sounds silly, if we can beat those, that for, if we can win against Forest, if we can get a couple of vote and beat Leeds as well, a couple of the games like that, that just that will just really just propel us that bit further forward. And the fact we're now onto what a point a game um, ratio again for me stands us in good stead because I think if we can just about keep that up. I struggle. Will it be a impressive return falls over the course of the season? No, but I also struggle to see, you know, other teams, you know, multiple other teams being able to get more than 38 points as well. Like, you're telling me Southampton are going to get, no, Southampton aren't going to get more than 38 points. Neither are Bournemouth, probably. Everton, I, I can't see them putting a run together. In the same way, I feel that we can now consistently pick up points, you know, whether it's win one, lose two, or however, I've got a lot more faith in us at the moment than when you look at some other teams down there and you kind of scratch your head really about how they're going to do it unless it's a bit of by luck or by judgment. Yeah, we've been, we've been in Bar City, um, we've been in comfortably in every game that we've had until Lopetegui. And, and, you know, you say, yeah, it's, it is a point of game over the course of the season. But for a lot of that season, we had the clown in charge at the start. And then we had, you know, the, bless him, the uh, PE teacher in um, <laughs> yeah. for, for another sort of, you know, what is it, five or six games. So we've actually got a serious manager now. And if you look at his points to games ratio, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, comf- it's, it's up a mid-table, you know. So... Um, you've got another fourteen games under this manager with this with this squad. So you know you've played City yeah. twice, and you know we've you've got you've got to play most of the other teams again. So I, th- I think you've got to back you've got to back this team and this manager under those circumstances to get enough points that we need now. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had a couple of questions for Twitter Corner, Tom. One's morbidly dark, and the other one's quite interesting. Um, I'll let you choose which one's which. Um, well, do the Wobbly Dark one from Andy Smith, who's, who's a regular contributor, um, and I think he's taken my silly or serious question and put his own spin on it when he's asked, um, will they ever find a cure for death? Of which I'm like, okay. Um, I did yeah, say we'd yeah. try and answer. I'm going to go with no. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about this before, didn't we? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think, I can't see there being any other answer to that question. Yeah. Let's it's just... Let, nah. let, let, let's skip it and do, do, do one which <laughs> I was actually really intrigued by, um, by Hungry Like a Wolf, um, who again, regular contributor, so shout out to him, um, shout out to them even. Um, Solomon scored a great goal and is a classic and is a classic and classic skillful and deadly inverted winger type goal. Uh, seen from Saka, Salah, etc. When was the last time Wolf scored a goal like that? It doesn't seem to be the type of goal we score. Are our wingers not good enough or just not composed or I guess just not that right fit? And he's got a point here that we don't tend to score those. I call them Arjun Robin goals. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. It's an awful lot like he, like he used to do for Chelsea all those, all those years ago. Um, Sacco, yeah. he's scored a few like that. Um, Kite Lee used to score a couple, didn't he? Yeah, when it, when he saw, was it one against was it, Bolton? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple like that. Yeah, and um, with Forest like from the edge, but yeah, yeah, you, you're right. There aren't Shot. in in the current regime, probably not. No, and it's so strange because so many of our wingers, bar Traore, are that classic inverted winger. But even like um, you know, as, as um, still in the comments on YouTube says. Did Pedro do it? And to be honest, I, I remember him hitting a crossbar with one. That's but he was, as well, I think, yeah. Yeah, he was never sort of, you know, Pedro Neto's never been a player who's necessarily always looked to come inside and try and wrap one in the bottom corner. And yeah, for the for, for, for more kind of sort, I thought Costa's probably your nearest one, but again, he mm. didn't necessarily like to bend it into the far corner. No, I think Cavalera scored a couple, I seem to yeah. remember, you know, like that. But um, the closest one maybe this year, that Pedence one against Villa, I mean, that was an excellent 
goal, you know, that yeah. he did bend in from a tight angle. He was in the box, but excellent bit of skill beforehand. Um, I just think that our, our, they're just so inconsistent, our wide men. They just mm. they can't seem to strip, you know, Adama's, you know, was brilliant for a game. And then he goes, but, you know, he, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't even on the pitch last night as far as, you know, didn't do anything of any note last mm. night, unfortunately. Um, same with Pedence, you know, he can be brilliant one game and he, he's terrible the next. He's, he's either 8 out of 10 or 4 out of 10 type player. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just like you say, inconsistency rather than inability, I would say. Um, yeah, well, we so, can say so because just... um, we've had a couple of um, people pull us up on the con- comments. Trinkow last season against Chelsea? Oh, good shout! That's yeah, an excellent shout. Yeah, that was a peach. And and again, another one for Matt Jarvis because I remember Jarvis did, did it a couple of times, but again, that wasn't necessarily. Matt Jarvis was like this classic winger who was played on the left, but was just right footed. So he liked to do all the things that an you know an out wide winger would do, but was right footed, as opposed to a winger who wanted to cut inside. Yeah, I don't mean, remember like, him bending many in from the edge of the box. No, he he did... wasn't that type of player, was he? Was it Villa he did scored one? Was it Villa? He has scored one against Villa similar to that. Isn't that yeah. the one that got him his call-up? Yeah, I pretty think much. that's the one that got him yeah. his call-up under Capello. I think it was, he's almost quoted at saying that, that, that he was told that, that that goal got him in the England squad. Um, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's just the frustration, isn't it, about, like, about yeah. last night. It's just, you know, when are we going to be on the end of one of those types of goals? I was going to say, we don't, we don't, we just don't, we don't score them. And we don't have the players who seem to have that, not quite ability, but just like you say, like even someone like Podence, he doesn't pick the ball out wide, almost like, you know, in the channel. And then go, you know, I'm just going to cut it inside, beat a man and then whip it into a far corner. Yeah. In the same way, like you say, like you know, he scores a, you know, he scores one into a far post, but it's a slightly different type of goal. I say I've seen Wolves concede a couple like that, and I don't know. I bet every team says the same thing. To be yeah, honest, that's true. You yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I bet you leave it out of it. Most Allen never scores that type of goal. It's like, yeah, he always fucking does, he always does. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully. Sarabia can step up to the plate, and Alcuna can step up to the plate and uh, deliver us one of those mighty fine. Um, I guess it's R one circle for your feast from PlayStation uh, fans. But we'll wrap up today's show. Um, big thanks to everyone who's listened. We'll be back. I was going to say uh, ASAP uh, to talk about the Liverpool game. Um, shouts out as always to 90 Min Football Network as well. And make sure um, you follow Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also make sure you like, share, and subscribe on YouTube as well. It's all under at Wolves Fancast, so you can't really miss us. Um, but until next time, it's goodbye from Tom. See you guys. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.